you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The NFL Podcast. Thanks, adult baby Yoda is adorable. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Like these little variations you're throwing in at the top, like a, a jazz musician. It's just, you never know. It's, it's not, different every time. It's not about the notes you play in jazz. It's about the notes you don't play. <laughs> One little note on our lead-in. <laughs> never heard that. The headshot of you. Mark with a C. Dan, your headshot. I know that it's um, incredible effort was put into those the illustration, and I'm sure someone had to do a thing where like they cut little scissors around yeah. your hair. I do think that they need to do a revision where they do a little bit more justice to your hair. I think oh, I, I feel like it. they they smoothed it or something. I've been, and I don't know who they is. So I'm probably corner, losing a friend somewhere. If you're watching the YouTube show, which begins with a graphic that they put some money into building it out, and uh, but they never said we were under the impression that when they come up with the opening graphic for this video show that there would be a meeting in the offseason where they'd pitch it. Hey, guys, do you like this? Would you like any changes? Uh, does this work for you? Uh, color palette, logo, the images we choose. There was none of that. A, a shadowy league figure called us into a conference room one day in June and said, oh, here's your new opening. And we're like, oh, okay. And that was the meeting. And meanwhile, changes need, are needed to really give it the pop it deserves. Oh, so you're saying you're not happy with what... I've never been happy with it, wow. and I think it needs to be addressed in the offseason. Mm. Okay. I've been on record about this. we got to get Greg's... Do you have a beard in that thing? We gotta, There we go. Yeah. we got to get Greg bearded. I mean, I'm getting better looking by the minute, as is Wes, <laughs> so you've got to get the updated... I could use, photo. like, a square jaw and maybe less pale. Here we go. <laughs> um, welcome to the Thursday edition of the show, and uh, this is our Week 15 preview. How about that? Week 15, and a lot a lot to get to. We have a, a Thursday night game uh, between the Jets and Ravens that will be part of a mini-pod released later tonight, Thursday. I believe it will be a Sess and West joint. It will. What's, yep. What's cooking at West Matter? 
Well, Keisha's mom's in town, so I think she might be watching the game. I, you know, she might have had plans. And then Give her she, a mic. She heard Mark was coming, and I think she canceled her plans. She's watched football games with Mark before. Last time Mama Lakeisha was uh, in town, she actually kind of went off on me a little bit. She's like, you told me you bring your boys around here. And then I had my two sons, who she she sees the picture. She loves them. She was mad at me that I had not actually fulfilled a promise. She loves children. Keisha gets it, gets it on us. Well, she took it out of me. What did she sound like asking for this? <laughs> you bring those boys around here. You told me you'd bring them. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, sorry, I wisely I wisely don't make promises about my children. They're they're uh they're unpredictable. So <laughs> I don't think she yelled. But she, I don't recall that either because we were there. It was But she got right up in my face and said, "You told me you bring those boys." And I was like, "Ah. Well, I, I, I this is going to sound bad, but I don't met I haven't met anyone who's not scared of her." <laughs> my mom who never took a back seat to anyone immediately was deferential to Lakeisha's mm, And mom. what a woman, Lakeisha's mother. Her name again? Rhoda. Rhoda, what a woman. When Wes was on the ropes, she was she was there every day with you. She took care of me. She yeah. prayed on it, too. She prayed with me. She, she brought you fed, back to God. She fed me. She Yeah, she took care of me. And save that for the theology podcast. <laughs> we uh, That's what I told her at night when she tried to pray. Let's just save this for the theology podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Got Rona in town. Rhoda. Rhoda in town. Damn. We got um, a lot of games to get to, and we do it draft style. And uh, with the first overall pick is Mark Sessler. And it's important to get this out there that Mark, as we've noted, is heading uh, up the coast on Saturday to cover the final home game in Oakland Raiders history. Um, Because of that, he won't be here on Sunday to do the recap show with us. However, you will be calling in from the black hole, assuming you survive. And uh, right. TBD. But yes, Uh, but it, it. It creates some oddities for me to have the number one pick in essentially a league that I won't be involved in. And we're taking that Raiders one off the board. That one's off the board. We'll hit that game a little bit later in the show, but that's off the board. So there are 12 picks that you have, and uh, best of luck to you because, yes, you're looking out for others right now, not picking for yourself. Well, I'm picking for Nick Shook, and so I already know because the way his Sundays are organized that I don't want to put him into some sort of work tornado. Uh, So what I'm offering is because there's probably there aren't a ton of great games on this slate, let's be real. I'm offering to move down a few slots if someone would You're take, open for business. I'm open for business, but I have a different type of thing. I'm not looking to jump up to number one next week when it's week seventeen and a bunch of teams are packing it up and sending people to IR. I if if there is a snafu scenario Next week is week sixteen. Week sixteen where I am tagged with a between week sixteen or week seventeen. Mm-hmm. You maybe don't have to do anything. You maybe have no no give back in this trade. If there's a scenario where I get snaked into four games versus three, the person who accepts this trade would take my fourth game. <laughs> it's less work is what I'm seeking to do. So someone can jump right into number one and maybe you don't even get into this situation. I'll take it. All right, Wes. <laughs> Be careful. So what, what, pick, where's, what pick is he at? You now pick third, Mark, and Wes is picking first overall. Get Very going. clean trade. All right, I'm taking the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. I think it's the best game of the week. It is pretty good trade for you, Wes. Probably the most meaningful game of the week. It's my Titans, which I am now claiming again after <laughs> throwing throwing them into the garbage at about week five. Mm-hmm. What about your you know four year long uh, infatuation, with Marcus Mariota? You think you're that ended that back on? Or two, no, that that ended ago. about two years ago <laughs> when okay, I okay. Just getting there was some talk in the off season going into this season as well. 
No, the talk was an Adam Humphreys signing. I believe. Well, meanwhile, he likes excited. Winston's Bucks right now. The way now. you would talk that? about an ex, not not a current flame. The talk was that the Titans still believed in Mariota and that Tannehill was simply for depth. But you know, that plan went awry when Mariota could not navigate the pocket or looked a lot like Mason Rudolph navigating the pocket. So now we have Ryan Tannehill in here. As I said Tuesday, he has a chance to become the first quarterback in history to complete 70% of his passes at over 10 adjusted yards per attempt. And he he is averaging the most yards per drop back in the NFL this year. So to me, the favorite for comeback player of the year honors, a no-brainer to sign to a new contract or franchise tag. You try to get a quarterback playing at this high of a level for this long of a stretch of games. Hmm. And he's got a lot of big games to go. I mean, we've got two games here against the Texans in the last three weeks. If the Titans can sweep that, they win the division. If they don't sweep that, the Texans are very likely to win the division if they split because the Texans not only have the division tiebreak record uh, ahead of the Texans, so if they have the same record, they're going to win the division. But Tennessee also has to host New Orleans next week. That's a that's a tricky one. So it might take the Titans sweeping the Texans to win the division. And the way they're playing, I mean, I think they got a chance because I don't know which Texans defense is going to show up. I could totally see it because I, you know, watching both of these teams over the past couple of weeks, it's not. I don't care what happened a couple months ago. Tell me the you know important area where Houston is a better team right now and more consistent than the Titans. I struggle to find it, and I know you're going to go quarterback potentially, and I believe in Deshaun Watson still, but Ryan Tannehill, you could not ask him to do literally anything more. Same trap that we were all on the same page on with Sunday, which was like, that comment is kind of easy to make today, uh, but this time last week, that was not maybe a comment that was so easy to make after they spanked the paper. I like being in a trap, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so my, well, my point being is, who knows which version of the Texans I'm just saying the, tit- the Titans, though, have been pretty consistent. And my issue with For them month, and all yes. of us is that they'll sweep back and forth. They're 6 big one win, with big Tannehill. One. Exactly. It's the Texans right now that I feel week to week, and they have Will Fuller back, so that, that seems to be kind of like, you know, he practiced at least today. That seems to be their Jenga piece on offense to some degree, but I don't know what you can count on, even from Deshaun Watson and what's what's around him week to week. He's had some bad games. I would not count that man out. Their weighted DVOA, which factor which places more emphasis on recent games than early season games, they are thirtieth in defense. This is not a good defense. Right. That's that's the thing I would be worried about. They cooked up a good game plan against the Patriots, but for the most part, the Titans defense is more talented, more consistent. The the Titans offense has hit so many big plays, it's a little unsustainable. I mean, Tannehill's throw has hit on so many of his long plays. I mean, they've been great throws. AJ Brown and his receivers are making plays for him that you can't count on that every week. I would I kind of expect a shootout here. I don't really totally trust the Titans defense. And I do think Deshaun Watson in a big time spot is gonna play well and that this thing could be in the thirties and could be a, a perfect first pick because there'll be a lot of entertainment. Oh yeah, grass field. Nashville. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, we, it's week fifteen, and this is the best game on on the board. And let's uh, since we're here, let's now like look back. I look back in time, uh, you know, on the draft day. Like, oh, this this time last year, the greatest number one overall selection, the old Zeuser nailed it last week with the game of the year, and just mm. you know what a moment it was uh, for me to to have all those great games to choose from at number one and overall. And how easy it is to mess that was that like up. drafted Patrick Ewing. What are you talking? Saints forty nine. Everyone would have taken it. that game. I, I I went with my gut and I, it was paid off. And now West, this is 
Uh, I think you made the comment downstairs, Greg. <laughs> this is like the Eric Fisher draft of uh, of game draft. Like I oh. took Andrew like the, Luck, and you're taking Eric Fisher. The, oh, four, no. the fourth I, I or fifth game. best game last week would would be better no. to me than this game. <laughs> Untrue. You do I love mean, the AFC South with your all your heart. No, but not, I don't. I can't stand the Jaguars. I like the Titans. No, this They're is fun a great game. I'm looking forward to this one. It's a good pick. He's been on this West. Titans thing. Like I, you got to hang. I with thought him. you might lock them up here in a big spot. I was thinking about it. He's trying to. I thought to about it. In. No, I thought about it, but you can't. I mean, Dan knows this as well. Just when you count the Texans out, mm, then Deshaun team. Watson and, and DeAndre. I have too much respect for They're Watson off, and yeah. Hopkins. They're, They're a dangerous team to lock against. Absolutely. Or yeah. lock four. Too stressful. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Uh, the next pick goes to Greg Rosenthal. All right. I'm going to take uh, a late game. I'm taking Rams ah, Cowboys. Suck. Uh, that would have been my first pick, and it's one of those games where, yeah, this isn't going to decide. I don't think who wins a Super Bowl, but it's a perfect Week 15 game where the culmination, you know, things build throughout the season, and the pressure and the misery going on in Dallas right now has been building throughout the season, whereas the Rams have shown how you can flip a switch, how you can change your identity, and then you can get a perfect matchup in the perfect spot. To me, playing this Cowboys defense, who's been so bad against the run, is perfect for a Rams team that's found their identity by running the ball. Last week, Johnny Munt played 30 snaps more than Cooper Cup. Josh Reynolds played 20-plus more snaps than Brandon Cooks because he's better at blocking. They're just going full out. We're going to do be a running team with defense. I don't know if they do it every week, but it makes a lot of sense to do it this week because this Cowboys defense has been laying down like dogs. Well, they're using Josh Reynolds on sweeps and jet sweeps, and, they're, and they're, they got some of their creative moxie back, I feel like. They, they were just boring and dull to watch, and it has a lot to do with, I think, the offensive line. There's a bit of an uptick there. They're not a total raging disaster. And their defense has given up... Opponents have scored between 6 and 10 points on offense against the Rams. Outside of the Ravens. Outside of the Ravens game, seven seven past opponents. Their first team defense, outside of the Baltimore game, has given up three touchdowns since the Jalen Ramsey trade. And a lot of that is schedule. And I don't think they'll do that in this game. But when their offense is, is in rhythm, Jared Goff is making some good in rhythm throws, especially outside the pocket. I, I think their offense can keep up and their defense will at least limit Dallas who, you know, all season, they're kind of the team that that analytics can't figure out because they shouldn't be as bad as they are and yet you just don't have any faith. This is, yeah, this is not a team. The Dallas well, they Cowboys, laid down. I wouldn't lock up against or for them either because do are they in a complete I was thinking about the Rams too. I like the Rams in this. Are yeah. the Cowboys in a complete free fall right now? Or well, you yes. never, you are never, they, they have been. They have right. been. They laid down last week. That happened. So do you, they laid down pretty bad on, on Thanksgiving, too. That was, I think that was bad. more bad luck. That was randomness that, that happened in that stretch there, but they absolutely laid down last week, and I don't know if you can predict those things. Did they, have they given up on Jason Garrett for good? Uh, great. I'm enjoying Dan's bookmaking project over there. I, don't <laughs> great know what's that. I They're basic. Their defense is basic, and they count on, on them to execute. It's you know one of those defense where they don't try to confuse anyone. They're counting on people to fly to the ball and be. Remember how fast they were a year ago? They really yes. missed late in Van Der Esch, and they counted them to be fundamentally sound and not give up big plays. And that's everything they're doing. They miss a ton of tackles. They give up big plays. They just they're the PFF has the Cowboys as the overall. If you look at the, you stack the teams from top to bottom across all metrics, the fourth 
best team in the NFL based on their talent and how they're producing. I and I do think that you are at a point that's different than before with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett, where Jerry Jones is the rare owner that has a weekly radio show where he's dropping verbal firebombs, raising questions about your coach. And that it's the locker room you lose there. Profane firebombs. Right. If it's not, if it's the players that are thinking so much change is coming, we got to start playing for our own jobs. We're going to have a new coach in here bad situation. I find the Rams to be kind of fascinating right now because I think everyone wrote them off as a lost cause this year and they had bottomed out, of course, in that primetime loss to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, You guys all wanted to fork them. uh, Yes, I think. And I think a lot of people thought they just were broken and something needed to be addressed in the offseason. But the stat and good stat by NFL Media Research, Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, Todd Gurley go over 100 yards from scrimmage back to back weeks has not happened where a trio of teammates d- did that since the great 2000 Troika of... Uh, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed? No, the great... Oh, Robert Smith. Underrated Robert Smith. Robert Smith. So, I mean, that is this... When you have a stat like that, your offense is humming. Is this team peaking at the exact right time after a really slow start to the season? This is when you want to peak. Mid-December feels like a nice time to start peaking. And they've been in big games, and they've won big games. I mean, that's the thing. They're the most they're the winningest team in the NFC over the last three years since, since Sean McVay arrived. And the Cowboys have shown us this year not to be trusted. Anymore. We love them again. Start cranking that PR machine. Up. I was going to say, if, if they do end up making the playoffs... There should be a little bit of like a oh we kind of missed this one because they still they still had the players they had the best defensive player on the planet they had skill position players and they had a great head coach and a great DC that maybe you just gotta let it breathe some. Well, I don't have a problem though saying that where we were a month and a half ago they were a boring defunct team that was not different. playing three well. weeks ago. Yeah. Right, and who would have guessed? Which in- is not my point. My, right, right. That is a, that's obvious. But I mean, we're that, wrong with a bunch of teams. They could not figure it out, and they seem to have figured it out. Who would have guessed a month ago that Goff would be the quarterback in this matchup playing with confidence, decisiveness, mm. up, upper tempo? Mm. Yeah, I, let's see it, Dak. I mean, let's see it, Cooper, Dak. I, I, just, I do believe in this offense, and I think they can play much better. But you gotta, you, this is the game you got to see it. Goff did have a couple bad turnovers against the Seahawks. That happens against Seattle, but it wasn't total pristine. Uh, Mark, you're up. All right, so the spot. You know, and it's again. I'm, you know, I'm a GM in filling, picking for our friend Nick Shook, and I know that he's going to be. You're like Mike McCagnan last. But he didn't know it. He just didn't know it. I'm the what's his name? The iceberg or whatever they called him. Uh, John Isaac. Yeah, the glacier. The glacier. I'm the glacier. (laughs) That's about as effective as this draft. So you were like a a, a penny counter, basically asked to evaluate talent. I don't know why I just made that comparison. That's not helping me at all. But I am going to go Browns at Cardinals because it's a late game. This is Shook's home team. It is a great pick. (laughs) Well, you know, but Shook Shook is a Browns dude, and they are clinging to those last gasps of life before, you know, this could be the game where they get thrown off the cliff and, you know, end act two ends and you say goodbye to that character and the rest move on. I mean, that's where the Browns are. It is interesting that Football Outsiders points out that the Browns have played as an offense the hardest lineup of defenses in the entire league this season. And it certainly showed in, in ways that, you know, I was watching that and you should check this out, whether you like him or not, or either of them like him or not. Belichick and Nick Saban, the HBO documentary where they sit down and talk for about an hour and a half. 
it's it's just insane to watch. But some of my favorite parts of it are, you know, and there's old uh, hark back clips and current clips of Belichick huddling with young players. And basically, and Greg, you especially would totally fetishize this because it's your world. I'm of, like, looking for it. Game situations. Oh, He's yeah. shouting at them saying, like, there are there's a minute 58 left. You know, we've got two timeouts. They do this. What should mm. you do? So and I'm thinking, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. Wow. But I think you might, Greg. But he's teaching. Yeah, I've been saving this one for the weekend when, the, you know, the kids and the wife are Oh, yeah, the put them to bed and you just get, have a little Greg time. <laughs> it, it struck oh, me, yeah. though, watching that, that there are probably a vast majority of coaches that cannot get that done and cannot communicate that to players or the rest of their coaching staff. And to Wes's point, need someone up in their ear to do that. And it, may, it struck me that Freddie Kitch is, 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 is the most first-year thing about him is situational football and the team seemingly losing its way for big chunks of time in a row. Now, this is meant to be this easy part of their schedule and they have won games, but as we mentioned on the recap show last year, every win seems to be tinged with some element of darkness where you can't really enjoy this season. If they won this game, it, you begin to look at the overall experience and say, do we keep this coach or do we not? Because you, Cliff Kingsbury's lost six in a row with the Cardinals team that's somewhat falling off a cliff, but no one's talking about him the same way. There's all this heat and pressure around Kitchens. I mean, the expectations were totally different. Expectations, well, but expectations may have in, been unfair. I agree. But it's because Kingsbury's offense has improved dramatically, whereas Kitchens is an offensive guy, and that's clearly been the, the problem with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, you, like it's, I feel like you have the you have the NFL leading rusher in Nick Chubb, who is about to become. Wait, what? He's leading the NFL in rushing? In rushing yards. Wow. Yep, and he is about to become the first Brown running, Browns running back in the history of the Cleveland Browns, and they have one very awesome running back to open his Several. season, his career with back-to-back 1,000-yard years. He's been a rock for them week after week. I would just say that that's what they have. If I'm playing the Cardinals, you just don't get too tricky here. Don't get too fancy. <laughs> do what you do well. Against a really bad pass defense, though. So this is one where yep. Baker Mayfield should be able to cook. I mean, it's a great matchup of young quarterbacks for, for a relatively bad game. I mean, seeing Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield go at it, who are former teammates, seeing Baker Mayfield and Cliff Kingsbury go at it, who Baker used to hate Kingsbury because he didn't play him and Baker had to transfer when they were at Texas Tech. There's, there's heat here. It's fun. Little side, uh, side To your point, Mark, with uh, maybe expectations shouldn't have been so high. If you put in a better head coach, this team is contending for a playoff spot, I think. I, well, I'm not happy with the coach. The roster is great. It's been a week-to-week thing, but it, I, I do think it was one of these teams where you're adding all these pieces in that the I course agree. of three or four months, and it might be... That's it's not, all about that Baker, though. He was hired yeah. because of Baker. And, 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 Baker is and not Baker's Baker, had a bad season. Right. There are and, plenty of teams that add pieces in the offseason, completely rework their roster, and flourish. Yeah, right. But this is... all. It, to be fair, yeah, this is a, an organization that's barely won any games over the last decade. And if they get to 8-8, eight and eight, that's not the word. It's really just Baker. Baker hasn't played that well. You know, I saw this stat about uncatchable balls over 10 yards. And it was, it was pointing out how Kyle Allen basically has been the worst in the league with his receivers. But who was 30th out of 32 wide receivers who qualified? Odell Beckham in terms of uncatchable balls. Deep throws to Odell Beckham that he had no chance at. And that's, that's a reflection of Baker Mayfield. Well, 
that connection nearly made back-to-back spectacular plays last week. And then there was another great Baker Mayfield throw to the sideline that Jarvis Landry nearly came down with, too. So I, I think Baker's numbers could have been so much better last week, and that interception should have been maybe a fumble, but not an interception. Jarvis Landry has my respect for him just watching him week to week has doubled and tripled. I mean, he has been the dude for them. Beckham's going to be gone, I think, in the offseason. That report from Yahoo, Charles Robinson, was not not a, a sign that he's there in the long. I, I I think anything could happen. It surprises me in the in the in the. You almost read it. That- you're like kind of worried about the guy. Like, is he okay? Like in a mental headspace point that he's very down about what the direction of his career that he never you know he was hoping to go somewhere else. Uh, Cleveland was not his choice, not his destination. And in this era where we're seeing it team player after player, these Marquee guys kind of decide whether they want to stick around or not. To me, all, everything's pointing to him making noise the way a Jamal Adams is going to make. Me though, if yeah. they were winning, none of this would be. A, no, and the flip happened, side was right. there was there were like flowery narratives that were based in truth that Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, right. lifelong friends, they had waited their whole career for this. And, and so like, why is Beckham saying "come get me" to people? Well, on the I don't. Field? We, we that's we don't know exactly what words are being exchanged, but that was the disturbing report. But Landry came out today strongly and said, "No one knows anything about Odell Beckham. He's he wants a wild to be card. Here. He's an emotional he's a wild card, yeah. guy. I didn't I take that." My team. I don't know. He's got I, I wouldn't build a team around a, a star wide receiver to begin with, but that's not what they did. They had a quarterback too. All right. Uh, I am up. I will. This is good. I like this one because it's two teams that I really want to see where they're at for real. Bears at Packers, mm, Lambeau Field. And uh, my thoughts on this. My, my initial thought is, uh, you know, watch out, Green Bay. And we talked about it on Tuesday. Uh, what you people don't realize, not you guys, you guys know everything, uh, but other people out there that the Packers, despite the 10-3 and record, despite being the second seed in the NFC, just not a lot of, not a lot of impressive wins. And of late, the offense is, is not cooking. We know the defense can be uh, manipulated and taken, taken for a ride in a big spot. We've seen it happen on, on several occasions this year. And to Wes's point, and on the power ranking show I do with Matt Money Smith, he made the same point as you, Wes, that while the reputation that precedes Aaron Rodgers as still being this goat-like guy, then you watch him in these games and he's just holding the ball and holding the ball and holding the ball and looking for that home run and it just doesn't materialize and the three and outs start piling up. Um, So where are the Packers right now? Well, they're at home and they're against the Bears team that obviously has kind of salvaged their season, moved it out of the embarrassment range. They, they've given their fans the gift of relevant December football, which I don't think anybody expected a month ago. And most of all, and Greg, we talked about it last Thursday, um, Mitchell Trubisky uh, has his confidence back. That's the biggest. I, you could see it in his eyes when things were really going sideways earlier this season that he was just, he was not playing with any confidence. And these guys that are not elite level talents, um, a Mark Sanchez comes to mind for me uh, from my uh, past as a Jets fan, a guy that's kind of either marginally talented or maybe a little better than average. Playing with confidence will help push you over the, the threshold. But if you start getting in a bad place mentally, you look absolutely terrible. So he has gotten out of that bad zone. And you see it on the field, both in the, the throws he's making and also he's running the ball a little bit now. And that's why I think that this game is going to be like if I had to pick a game that would surprise people, the Bears going into Lambeau and winning would not stun me. It really would not. Am, am I crazy in thinking that? So everybody's a Trubisky believer now? 
I'm not. No, not a, a believer. And he could have easily thrown a couple picks. He also. played the Giants, the, the Lions, and a, a Cowboys team that has not been impressive on defense. I think that's been a big part of it. I thought his best game was definitely on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, he was he was given a lot of short throws. I give Nagy credit for cooking up the types of open receivers and schemed up plays over the last three weeks that we didn't really see the first half of the season, which I think was a big part of their success last year. I think Nagy and Trubisky are working better together and definitely using Trubisky's legs is a big factor. Well, Trubisky has 21 rushes, some schemes, some scrambles over the last three games. And that was utterly missing before. And I, I think you pointed out, Wes, that when your confidence is shaking and, and you know things are just not working, that the daring do is not there for Trubisky, and it wasn't. And it, but he's he has shown, I think, more of what you thought you'd get this year. But to Dan's point, daring I, don't. Well, that's been him most of the time. But my my questions are more about the Green Bay side of things, just being able to explosively shut down an opponent. I mean, I feel like Aaron Jones was had almost 200 yards against the Redskins, but the rest of that game raised. And our friend Ben Fennell, who does a nice job with you know, especially a lot of Packers tape. Looked at Aaron Rodgers in that game and was just like, "What is happening with this guy?" That he's not—he's not pulling the trigger. I think was what Ben especially was getting after, where he had some open receivers and just wasn't throwing it. It's been the same thing as last year, and coaches keep taking the fall for it. But hmm. sometimes you have to hit the underneath routes, just pull the trigger on those throws. And yet, and they're playing a good. Bears defense, not a. They're not what they were a year ago, but they're good. They're one. Team of the, Hicks might be back this week. Yeah, they're and they're one of the six, seven best defense in the league. They already held, you know, the Packers. Roquan Smith is out for the year with a pec injury, which hurts. Them. That's a big loss. But this this game to me is one of those questions. It's impossible. There's no right answer. Like, do you trust the body of work, or do you trust what you've seen the last three weeks? If you're only looking at the last three weeks, the Bears are playing better right now. You know, the Packers. If, Got blown I, out. I trust Aaron Rodgers more than Mitchell Trubisky, even when Aaron Rodgers is slumping. But I, I tend to trust the body of work overall. I've seen too much bad football out of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I haven't seen this defense be impressive. I haven't seen the running game really do anything that I believe in in terms of Montgomery and their offensive line. And on the road against Green Bay, I think you get the best Packers performance, and that's why I'm locking up the Packers. Oh, oh nice. I like that. Nice. I mean, I'm not going to go into a lock-off, but that's I don't know. You could. What, what, what do the desert people think about this? Um, it's got to be tight. like three and a half or four, I think. That's a man who can walk by the mirror and look right in it. Oh, yeah. There weren't really many. There were a Good lot lighting of, in that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of these other games, it's like a funhouse mirror. And it, oh, you don't yeah. know what's there, and you're like, whoa, oh, yeah. me. I, I see one on here that's a oh. funhouse. Okay. Well, that's going to be a fun. Really I'm just glad. stop the show there. With that, that gives even more like heat to the game that I've selected at the back. This there is like Lamar Jackson going 32 overall. Uh, you're just rooting hard. Now I got slot. you right in my well, should, line of sight in the newsroom. Begging for a lot. Yeah, the you Bears. should just lock it off. No, lock it off. No, all you're I, couple, I didn't you're say a couple the Bears back. Are win. Do what Tariko would do. He would do it. That's how he <laughs> operates Tariko on Sunday. By the way, how about Rodney Harrison <laughs> and this guy? I put this on the radar on. Uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, starts three and ten on the Sunday night football picks on NBC. Comes on the air uh, this past Sunday and has the audacity, the audacity, uh, the stones, the onions to say the, the reason gall. <laughs> the gall to the reason I've incorrectly picked ten of thirteen games is because I was letting my son pick the games. 
I don't Man. even believe that. Well, a I small child, boy. too. Yeah. He, he said it with a twinkle in his eye. No, I've, no, I've no, watched no, 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 that no. segment enough where it's like he's making up his pick Dude. as he goes. What's worse, if it's a joke or if it's true? I mean, yeah, he's throwing, whether whether or not you believe it or not, he's throwing his child <laughs> I, under the bus. For I actually, failure, I, so. I, I know that I guess I'm taking the contrarian stance here. He said it with a smile on his face, and it just it oh, made because me laugh. He was, you know it why? made me laugh the fact that he would throw his son under a, a little you child. stick up for Rodney Harris. Yeah. That's my... He's still doing it, though. That's my type of sense of humor. The type of person who would throw his son under the bus right. with like 50 million people watching. It was funny. To me, that well, was funny. I think he, he was trying it, to be funny. I mean, it was the funniest thing that happened all day long. Yeah. Sunday, no the doubt about the it. reason why, though, he had the smile is because he knew he was a villain, as he was saying. Exactly. Like, he was leaning be, into it. I shouldn't be sharing this with 20 million people right now, but I need my ego to get massaged here. I got to take this off my plate. And you know what? He then picked the right game on Sunday, making his son look even worse. Yes. As if he had been doing that all along, he would have surged out mm. to a 15-0 start. <laughs> anyway, I will not be locking that game up, but I think the Bears are going to put up a fight. Uh, I will sl- – oh, no, i got to pick again. Ooh, totally unprepared. We're, get, we're heading Ooh. into some grizzly territory. Yeah, we got to pick up the know. pace here. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was. That oh, that was a snake. Business. Nice yeah. job. <laughs> Good job. You feeling better? Erica, while, while Dan picks his game here. Like, yeah, feeling your, better, your finally. Health? Yeah, thanks, Greg. Okay. Sounding healthy? Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear. Don't care? Oh, you're apathetic. <laughs> no, that's, that's what Dan said. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were pronouncing that. Okay. No, no, no. Pronouncing <laughs> that. No, I feel... I feel much better. I, I mean, this isn't uh, a state-mandated math test. Just make a choice. There's no wrong <laughs> I answer. took a cool uh, Instagram video of you guys with these filters, so you guys all have these neon sunglasses while you're rambling cool. on about... Sweet. Whatever. Oh, yeah. We uh, we have a, an Instagram account our yeah. listeners should check out. The ATN Podcast. Yeah, make sure you're checking it out. Guys, Follow us individually guys, can you be first, quiet? please. I'm, I'm trying to thank you. <laughs> Why? Can you not have a choice yet? All right, next choice for yes. me. Uh, I'm going to check in. I'm on Seahawks Corner, of course, as everyone knows. It eats Greg alive because he got <laughs> off Seahawks Corner. And then he has these little digs like, you don't care about Seahawks Corner. You only care about the Jets. And by the way, you can't take it away from me. I'm on the corner whether you want me there or not. And I'm there with off you. off the corner. I'm with you. And you're in, I have your back You're there. in Greg's old place. I exactly. Feel, I feel bad for you because I wish you could actually be enjoying this, but you're it's just for I've been, show. In I've your been heart, it all year. In your heart, it doesn't make it doesn't help you at all. I've been enjoying Shocked this all year. How many legs this bit has? <laughs> anyway, Seahawks <laughs> corner. Let's go, baby. Ten and three, coming off a loss. That listen, I'm not going to kill him too much for the loss. In fact, on said power rankings, I, I kept them in the top three uh, despite the loss. What? Because yeah, because the Seattle Seahawks are in the top three. They are. They are. Um, the ten and three Seahawks are. Um, oh, that's weird. A team that um, went to L. A. And, the, you know, nothing more dangerous than a cornered animal game, a, a team with championship medal like the Rams uh, needing a win, a playoff game in their building at home, and to the Rams' credit. And again, Rams are peaking, played a really good game, caught Seattle flat-footed, beat them up. And it happens. I give every team a pass. They get outcoached by Sean McVay quite a bit. It's kind of Pete Carroll's thing. Um, so now they got to get back, uh, get back swinging because in the NFC, you lose another game at this juncture. You have no chance at the bye, and the division might go bye-bye too. So they go to Carolina to face the Panthers, and we know the Panthers have uh, – they peaked way too early. You, week six. Week six. When they were in London, we saw them. Kyle Allen, the, the flowery prose being written around Kyle Allen back then, uh, turns out that his ceiling really is probably a, you know, a nice solid backup. Which is not a sin. It's not the worst thing in the world. Pretty great for and an I, undrafted 
player. Right. It's called and, a twelve-year career. And I just imagine what you know what's going on behind the scenes in in that building. Are we really going to say trade Ken Newton? And uh, I think a lot. There's a lot that goes into that decision. But if unless you really have somebody that you like, either on the free agent market, or you're going to go hard for a young kid in the draft, and you're not going to have a top of the first round pick unless you make a trade. I don't know. Do, do we really want to say goodbye to Cam Newton? I don't know. That's that's a discussion for another time. But I love the Seahawks in this game. And uh, look at that mirror. No, you can't. Dun, dun, no, dun, you can't dun, look dun, in the dun, mirror. No, I knew I couldn't pick this one because it wouldn't have passed your anyone's mirror test. I'm locking them up. Seahawks corner, baby. What? I see a reflection, and it's looking right back at me. You can look in the mirror on this. Yeah. I mean, you're the one who has to live with it. Wait, didn't you just say, didn't you just say, I I can't believe that you have them so high in the power rankings. Now they're going on the road, coming off a terrible loss. And now I can't lock them up? So I'd have them six instead of third in the power rankings, and they're playing against a team that that basically called it shut, closed up shop and called it quits a couple weeks ago. Well, one of the defensive backs did. I wouldn't say we have evidence of the entire Have you did. seen their run defense? They made Devontae Freeman look like 2000. Well, that's why I'm locking up the team again. they're playing. I, I don't, I, you know, the mirror, there it is. And you can't look in the mirror on this one. They haven't been too competitive. I mean, they lost to the, the Falcons by 20 plus two. Listen, I've lost two, three in a row, Wes. I need a dub. Two times. I mean, this is why the whole mirror the thing is a nonsensical <laughs> thing, well, anyways. The mirror, oh, here we go. The mirror here we go. no longer exists. No, it's true. It just it changes depending on the situation. That's why I like the well, number. If Dan test. was honest with himself, we wouldn't be having. This I, conversation. I looked in the mirror You're and not it being came right back yourself. at me. You're not being honest. It, but it was a little warped, I have to say. But this week has a lot of warped mirrors. That's all. I can't wait for your lock. All right. Why don't you lock up the Cowboys again? I mean, this this is a Panthers team who <laughs> staying out of this one. You know, they have their head coach promising they're going to win a game. The last time they were home was one of the worst games, <laughs> you know, in the in the last probably Panthers history. I mean, they lost a big lead and lost to the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins. There's no way they're losing at home. I mean, uh, they're winning at home to the Seahawks because this is a game where Brian Schottenheimer, who wants to run the ball on first and second down. Is it, it, it pays off to do so. You know, you, you don't need to do much else than hand the ball off to Chris Carson. Yeah. Ricky, is, the people on YouTube are behind this lock, right? No, complete opposite, oh, Dan. Really? The, oh. the, the masses are, your mirror is shattered. Dan is a vampire. <laughs> That's a broken vampire. mirror. That can't pass any mirror test. I got your mirror right here. Oh. I am disappointed. Oh. Late at night tonight when you have your third Tito's, <laughs> you're going to be hating yourself. And also that oh, comment, yeah. that all the ones saying I'm a vampire and stuff, all fun, but the, the, the list the fan who said I'm disappointed. That one does stick to me. Well, it's that's true. <laughs> they have. True I'm going to leave the window open to jump out of this. They have box, lost. But. They have lost five straight games, including in three of those games, the, some of the worst teams in the league: the Falcons and, and the Redskins. No, well, the Falcons are you know other than that one game we locked them up. They've been good for close to a month now. I would have liked to see Seattle. <laughs> sure McCaffrey we, about to go over two thousand yards from scrimmage. What are we even talking about? I like uh, to see Seattle do a little bit more against the Rams' offensive line last week. I know. I mean, me too. Clowney. Was is playing through a sports hernia right now, and you know that's doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. I wouldn't want to even you know leave my house if that were. Can the I just case. say one thing about Clowney because we all shower praise on the man when he shows up in these huge games, and he does. Uh, but do you make him like the highest paid defensive player in the league when no. he disappears for periods? He's been playing he hurt. hurt all he's, the time. He's clearly that's hurt. part of his yeah. whole. He's MO, always, he has made a huge difference for them this season, though. But 
well, in and he's, in pockets of games, well, yes. But, but then it, he it, Bill O'Brien's rising up the rankings as a GM came to the same conclusion. Right. They this is a game where he or the Seahawks pass rush, which has been very up and down, but mostly down, should get off. I mean, that, that's part of the problem for Kyle Allen is he's got Dennis Daly playing oh, left tackle, maybe the worst left tackle in the league. That's terrible. Trying Double to protect. Duties. Uh, undrafted quarterback. All right. Yeah. They need to find, identify a left tackle who can play should be the like their number one priority. They need Tyler Lockett to show up and like kind of be the pre-injury Tyler Lockett. They've been struggling a little. Come on. They can't, they can't move the ball through the air. They got Tyler Lockett. He's hurt. He's banged up. Uh, who are you throwing well, they've to? Got us? Wait, why Harold- are you trying to... Argue against him. You have I, the number three. I'm nervous. In power and and they're, they're flying across the country. That's always a tough ask. You don't have to convince me. My mind's already made up. You need to convince yourself. <laughs> Just I come quietly, to quietly live with it, please. All right. <laughs> up next is Chris Wessling. Oh, this should be a laugh. Oh, I'm back to my own pick. <laughs> YouTube right. thinks Dan's kids are making the picks. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna That would be good. I've lost three in a row. I'm gonna have to grab one of these late games and I'm going Vikings at Chargers. And not only not only am I doing that, I'm locking up the Chargers. In wow. this game. Interesting. See, see your what the, what's the expression of cutting off your nose despite your face? I'm not at all. I had this, this is I wild got this life. L next to the game that I had written down before the all show right. started. All right. I mean, I have... That is bold. (laughs) Admirable. Wes, what do you do when you look in the mirror? Oh, yes. Well, I wouldn't say that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'll give it to you. It's fair for you to come after me on my lock. I have to take my hat off to you, sir. You're locking up uh, against a team that is what? Nine and four, the Vikings? And a game they have to have in December? That would be a bad loss for them. Right. I see a stumbling block here, and I think the Chargers are better... Than their record, I think their defense particularly is probably about to play their best game of the year with Derwin James back, with Drew Tranquil, rookie, emerging as a really good run-stuffing linebacker, and Joey Bosa, a defensive player of the year candidate. I I like this. I don't trust the Vikings on the road. I never have trusted them on the road. I trust them at home. I think this is a stumbling block game for the Vikings. They, they, the Chargers, as we saw last week, I know it was against the Jaguars, but they are, they're healthier. They have the firepower. This is really the first time all year where, okay, you've got Derwin James. You have Ingram and Bosa both healthy. You have the entire array of your top receiving talent in terms of Eckler, Gordon, Henry, Allen, Mike Williams. They're all there right now. So this, is, this should be the best Chargers team we've seen uh, throughout the year. They still, it's not like they were playing well before last week, but the thing with the Vikings is they in the in the Chargers aren't a team with a winning record, but it's hard to ignore that the Vikings are nine and zero against teams that currently have losing records, and they're zero and four against teams that currently have winning mm, records. That fits the narrative. It does yep. fit the narrative. They and the the Chargers defense has successfully shut down the run late in the season, outside of one pretty bad campaign against the Chiefs. They have put the clamps on people. So if you can do that, I don't know if I would call. I mean, you know, it's an easy target, but the, there are a lot of Vikings fans spread out the entire country, and it feels like another game where you could it could feel like a half and half home crowd. Oh, ab- oh, more right, more than going to be all Vikings. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I, you know, and it, yes, it was Jacksonville, like you say, Greg. But the Chargers team that I watched covering that game on Sunday. That was an awakening. It, they were going for it and completing huge plays downfield. There were a few too many drops, but Austin Eckler, to me, is a top five enjoyable player to watch when he's on. It's nearly 200 yards and does it all for them, and I don't see why you don't come, just keep leaning on him. I, I think he's the first guy I'm, all season to go 100-100 in a game. 
I think he's one Nobody of the best passing year. down backs in NFL history. I'm fascinated to see this game. This was a great pick because because I don't know where the Vikings are totally right now. I'm not sure how good their defense is. It looks like Adam Thielen will be back though. He's practiced for the game, and their offense certainly missed him. They they were too station to station without him, and hopefully he can help both himself and Diggs get some big plays. By the way, Phillip Rivers had one of his best games of the year, and this is how bad the Jaguars' defense is. 90 yards. There were a few big drops that could have been way more yards for him, way, you know, another touchdown or two. He he looked good. I don't know. I, I was impressed. Stay humble, 17. I don't think he's been that bad this year. If you protect him, he <laughs> yeah. needs things to be right around him a little right. more than he was as a, as a young player. If you have a good offensive That's line, on him. I think he can play well. That's on him. Like, he protects them at times because he's so good before the snap, but he can't move. All right, Greg, you're up. Do I exist in this draft? I feel like I haven't picked in like two and a half hours. Mm. Maybe not. You will pick after Greg. Mm -hmm. Something to do with your trade. Wonked it up, probably. Oh, that's true. Unless I have it wrong, but I don't think I do. All right, I will take... (laughs) I think you might... (laughs) No, I think you got it right. You got I have the uh, Den- I'm going to take the Denver Broncos heading to Arrowhead. Good early. pick this late in the draft. Yeah, and uh, nice value pickup. I want I want to see what Drew Locke does again because I'm not sure how much I trust it. But let's just let's just watch He's it. He's an effing rock star. Let's, Andy Reid trusts him. Right. Let's watch it and let's have fun. And it, it's going up against a pretty good pass defense. But more importantly, I. I'm fascinated by this Chiefs team and their offense, especially whether they can just get it looking to my eyes kind of like it looked last year because it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a little while since Patrick Mahomes totally looked like Patrick Mahomes, that the offense totally was playing in sync. I know they've put up fairly good numbers, but if you watch them, they've just been sloppy. I don't know if Mahomes is healthy. I mean, he hurt his ankle early in the year. Then he hurt himself in this matchup when he dislocated the kneecap. He came back, had that one big game against Tennessee where it seemed like everything was ready to roll. And then last three weeks, you know, last week was his lowest graded game according to PFF of the entire season. I think two of his worst three are are in this stretch. It just hasn't seemed totally right. You know, nobody's talking about this, but you just said it. And when you said it, it reminded me, oh, damn, that was a, it was a gnarly injury. Yeah, he dislocated he his dislocated knee. He dislocated his knee, came back in three weeks or four weeks, and maybe this is something we don't find out about until next May, but is he not the same guy right now? Is he physically compromised to the point where it's affecting his accuracy and he's not the same player as he wore, was And then he hurt, the his hand, he hurt his hand. His hands thing sounds like it's fine, but these have piled up. He had the ankle. It's like it's just one. It's been He hasn't been healthy all year, which diagnoses why the people, fantasy heads are upset that they're not getting what they want out of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, these quarterbacks, and it used to be Peyton Manning. You'd find out, like you say, in May or June that he played with like some insane leg or knee thing for two straight months. And some of it's just sloppiness. Sammy Watkins running wrong routes, offensive linemen making mental mistakes. They just haven't totally been in sync. They haven't all been on the field very often together. And now they are, though. And I, and I predicted on one of these shows here they were going to you know, win out. Which one? I don't know, like a Tuesday show or something. I, like, I still think this team can win the Super Bowl. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I guess I, I want to see Just waiting it. for him to hit that next level, you know? I think everyone thinks it's happened. Ryan Bartlett behind the glass, he's waiting for it to happen. Is it going to happen? I don't think too many Broncos, too many teams like the Broncos have turned it around. They were two and six and a raging mess. It was like Vic Fangio seemed lost. They didn't know what they're doing. And they just beat the Chargers team two weeks ago that we were singing about a second ago. 
ripped the Texans into 14 shapes. Yeah. And it's like yeah, it's like Cortland Sutton, Andrew Locke. Part of the reason, Cortland Sutton continues to dominate week after week. And then when you get Noah Font. Andrew Locke. Fans, I like that. Andrew Locke. There you go. This Aunt Well, Locke is... Noah Font. That's technically correct. Locke is so important for Elway, not just for identifying that quarterback, but... If he is the real deal and he turns into the answer, suddenly Elway's last two draft classes look studly. Five games is a tricky sample size to base your entire next year off of, but that's what they got to do. I mean, these next three games are huge. I I think it's just a little early to just assume... Okay, let's that they're fine suddenly, but he's got three more games, and this he's got some tough matchups, including this one. I don't know. What, if the, oh, go ahead, Wes. For what it's worth, DVOA was more impressed with the Broncos at midseason than they are now. I don't, mm. I don't know why that works, but they were losing all that those close games on the last play at midseason. They really, they're. We always say how fine a line it is between ten and six, and six and ten, and they're a great example. Well, I mean, they, could, they, they should be like an eight and eight type of team. Midseason, there were games where their defense really surged. They gave up thirteen points, zero points, twenty-one points, fifteen points, thirteen over the course of a month plus. And they've lost some players on defense, including Derek Wolf. Miller's banged up. I mean, they're not quite the same, just their personnel. They are playing well, though. I was going to say, I didn't know if your umbrella was coming out, Greg, today, but uh, <laughs> the desert, you know. It was ten out. points of wood. I'm going out, uh, away on a win at least for a while. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I I just I think the Broncos have a chance to keep this one close because the Chiefs have not really been the Chiefs for a while. All right, up next is Mark. Back to back. Yeah, here you go, buddy. Back to back. Well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give a little treat. This is for Nick Jeremy Shook. Bergman, I believe. Oh, this right? is for Jeremy Burke. You, your first pick was for Shook, I believe, right? I mean, my organization is a mess. I didn't well, even we'll know that. Well, so, yeah. we'll figure well, out how it's Shook's divvied. definitely getting browned. Yeah. Well, he's getting the later one, but I'm going to give to one of them <laughs> Patriots at Bengals. There you go. On to Cincinnati. Well, I'm surprised Greg didn't grab that. But He you, was going to get it with his last pick, and you No, I decided I take well, weeks off right watching there, them so. live. I kind of like to watch You chopped them down at the knees. Good job. Mark. No, I obviously would have taken them with one of my first two picks if Timber. I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a fun team to watch right now. Plus, oh. I, I like watching them uh, sometimes, you know. They're not a good team to watch from right the now. Live, the live scenario. They're a little tough to watch. I mean, I, they're a lot tough to watch on offense, but the Bengals – Defense allowing offensive point totals of 17, 16, 6, and 20 over the last four games. I'm not buying into the Bengals as much as uh, some people might. <laughs> How much but, can you buy into a team that's one in 12? Well, because they're playing, they're not, I know, this, they but... are playing differently. And like, I, I, well, we've saw, we've talked about it as a potential right. trap game for the Patriots. So I'd ask you, Wes, if you still think that's Absolutely. possible. Absolutely. This, this should have been your lock, Wes. Look, the Patriots' offense is to the point where nobody can expect them to go in and beat any team in the NFL. That's what I feel like. And I feel like Andy Dalton's playing better than Tom Brady right now. And this Bengals defense, I know Chubb went over 100 yards, but if you take Not out Not in that, the first half, though. They were you a take out that Bronco Nagurski run where he's just running everyone over for 50 yards, they pretty much shut the Browns' running game down. They put up 455 yards on offense. They could have easily yeah. beaten the Browns with better situational football. They went one for five in the red zone. And I do worry about the matchup of Geno Atkins in this line against the Patriots offensive line. Greg Bedard did a great job writing about it on Boston Sports Journal. The, the offensive line is a disaster right now for New England. All the talk has been about, you know, figuring out the wide receiver issue. But part of it is because they can't protect them when other teams are blitzing. They're on their third string center. A lot of people believe their starting center, David Andrews, was kind of the key to that entire operation. 
the guys that have been there have been underperforming instead of other than Joe Tooney. Isaiah Wynn, their first round pick comes in. He hasn't really helped things at all. And so they, they're kind of collap- collapsing and they can't make up for it. I would tack on, and I know that we've you know pointed fun at James Devlin being too important to the Patriots scheme, but Mike Lombardi, Lombardi noted that the minute Devlin went out, what happened was that Sonny Michel, who's in a point of entry back where you need that guy to blast the hole, his role is diminished. And they, they leaned on, and they've done this. How did before. Lombardi uh, connect that to the season finale of The Sopranos? That's a good question. He opened with a Sopranos uh, <laughs> nugget, and I thought he did a nice job with that. Well, they lost but, Gronk and Devlin, right. two of the best run blockers in, the, in their positions. But how does it connect to Joe Pesci's character in Casino? <laughs> I would invite you to read the article yourself, and you can draw your own conclusions. So. That's all right. <laughs> we, need, we need a little, uh, well, I'm struggling over here. A little Mo Sanu uh, revenge game. Well, That's what we need. He hasn't really done anything. You know who Mo Sanu wants revenge for? I never <laughs> stop thinking about it. Is on draft day in 2013 when somebody called his house and said he was drafted in the first round. Yeah. And then uh, was he was celebrating with his family. Very mean And then it turned out that it was a prank call. Very mean. He spirit. was not drafted in the first round. He went in the second round to Cincinnati. Well, so the other the other nugget out there about most <laughs> knew that the so messed up. The Forty ers were pursuing him hard. The At Patriots, the, the Patriots won out, and the Niners got stuck with Plan B, Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> who has totally blown up. Where most knew, I, I would say that's been a disappointment. He's not. You would have wanted a lot. I thought he could have been like a second half or like Patriots surge, dude. Well, you know? it looked like he hurt his ankle pretty. Uh, severely and came back quickly fighting through it and so you're hoping at least I'm hoping that it gets better and he's healthy. They lose to the Bengals. I think it's dangerous. Joe Mixon is also to me Joe Mixon is a top seven or eight running back in the NFL right now and is playing really well. Good player dog. All right, Mark. All right, let's see what we got here because this I was going to give Shook just a total let us decide where they go just just pick you pick the game buddy. You're the Falcons GM. at 49ers. You're John Insick, well, I was no, because I mean I was using strategy that suddenly the game's changed on me in the last three and a half minutes. So I'm going Falcons at 49ers. It's the best game I see left. Nice, because you've got the best team in football, and you know I have a late game. It's a good pick, buddy. There you go. And so we, Wes, you you tweeted out that if you want to sit down and. Enjoy an evening. Watch that Saints 49ers game that I didn't get to the way you did on Sunday because mm. it was just a billion things are happening and the sky's falling down. What a ballet. Sat down with my son who's seven years old and obsessed with football, Colton, and we watched the whole first half together, and it was the best game I've seen all year. Two awesome teams, and it just struck me that, you know, and we, we all like Kyle Shanahan and we know about Sean Payton, but it was probably the best coaching duel that I've seen all year, too. And I just trust, like, Kyle Shanahan from here on out at this point. And I don't call this a, a revenge game because he was with the Falcons. That seems a bit absurd. He went and did what, uh, you know, coordinators do when they, when they succeed. But I would say that you could point to Kyle Shanahan's obvious departure from Atlanta as the key turning point where the team never really figured themselves out. It started on offense, it bloomed into defense, and now you have Dan Quinn thinking, had that not happened, where would the, where would the Falcons be today? Instead, the Niners were totally transformed. They were, I, I was, they, the Falcons were one play away from the NFC title game the next year. Well. Not, but, not but, but they were it. frustrating. I remember you had yeah. Matt Ryan on your fantasy team and you brought it up weekly. Yeah. I just would, I would say that it's funny <laughs> that how little we can see the future, that, that, my, that Kyle Shanahan was on top the list of hot coach type potential candidates where if the the Niners didn't do what they're doing, or if they had a five and seven type start, he'd be gone. Instead, he looks like the biggest find they've had since Bill Walsh. 
And yet the, the injuries they're dealing with are real. I mean, Weston Richburg, their center, is out for the year. D. Ford and Richard Sherman are going to miss this game. That's a problem for a future week because this week they're playing the Falcons. And they're playing, <laughs> yeah, they're playing an offensive line that is among the worst pass-blocking offensive lines in the league. And the 49ers defense coming off what for them, I'm sure, was a, an embarrassing performance uh, against New Orleans where they really were outcoached, at least in terms of their, their defense was, and they were confused and they give up. I don't think this team ever expected to give up a 40 burger against any team. They'll be ready to go out against this Atlanta team and eat, you know, well, nine sacks and two turnovers, whatever. Wait, you're minimizing their injuries on defense. It's DJ Jones, Julian Taylor on their defensive yep. line, Jaquaski Tart and Kwan Williams in their secondary. They are just, they just have a lot less depth than they had when they were cruising. The, the story but, of But the season, best players up front are there. And so for this game, I'm not uh, too worried. Okay, but the first half of the season, this was all about defense. Second half of the season, Garoppolo, I think, has the most passing yards and the second most touchdowns in the NFL. And the defense has been, I don't know. Not as good. Some like they, they've of, like flip-flopped right. from the way it was in the first half. They've, it, it was a fascinating stat that they've played the, – the Patriots and 49ers, who have had the best defenses this year, played the easiest schedules – of opposing offenses for the first eight weeks of the season, and they've eat, the two of them have played the two hardest schedules for opposing offenses the last five or six weeks. So part of it is just the schedule, uh, and again, that eases up. We we should mention Calvin Ridley is out for the season for the Falcons. He'd been, I would say uh, I'll give him a B for his second season, and then uh, Desmond Trufant, who had been playing quite well at cornerback, is out for the season. So a bad team got worse. And Devontae Freeman coming off his best game of the season, where not only the defense he played against, but looked explosive and made people miss, is dealing with a knee injury and isn't practicing yet. Falcons are in that category of teams that cannot get out of my life quick enough. <laughs> we have some developing news, by the way. I wanted to share this. Developing. We've been tracking this, of course, uh, since Tuesday. And it's a story that it's not going away. Spygate 2. Oh, no. Keep spying. Spy harder. Mark, I just want your thoughts on this. Okay. Robert Kraft, Patriots owner, declines to address Spygate 2. Quote, you know everything you should know. Now, well, is, I, that the, is that something that was that yesterday? Yeah, I, t- I, I tweeted about that and I said, no, period, <laughs> we, period, do, period, not, period. Isn't that like when someone says, you know, everything you should know, is that like a, a villain, like twisting like a mustache? Like, like <laughs> that's your villain. That, that's when you know there is more to know. I want to know more. That's what's being said. There's basically been no news updates since we last talked, but Roger Goodell did address it, and he did say something that should be obvious, but I think significant, that their previous history will play a role in whatever punishment (laughs) comes about. And that is our Upgate. Upgate! (laughs) Spygate 2. Spy harder. It ain't over yet. We'll decide when we've seen enough. Way to take a stand. That ain't going away. Greg. Oh, yeah. I am going to take... I'm going to take the Buccaneers-Lions. Ooh-wee. Knock this one out. I like that as my backup game. Okay. You Ah. just knock it out. And, uh, you know, what's more fun than watching Jameis Winston right now who could... Who could do a lot of things. I mean, I. it's funny. I feel like this room and, and really the culture at large is kind of turning around on Jameis Winston. People are starting to just enjoy the madness. Big dumb that and he, fun. That he could get to 30 touchdowns, Season. 30 interceptions, and 5,000 yards. It's on the table. Love it. What a weird, what a Love insane it. world. I like enjoyable things like that. 
He's just wacky. It's wild. By the way, the desert is out of its mind in this game. This is not a this is not a game you can look in the mirror. And to say otherwise is just ignoring basically the last six weeks of our lives and of what the Lions are putting out there now. David Blau is physically overmatched. I'm sorry. He just Ooh, is. He doesn't Blau have hearts. NFL talent. Um, <laughs> Marvin Jones to IR a week after TJ Hawkinson went to IR. This team is just – it's not talented enough to keep up with the Tampa Bay. I hear what you're saying, but they haven't – you know, they've been – they've kept the scores low. Sorry, I'm no, just no, giving no. you time, no, Mark, no, no. as, as the founding I, by member. By the way, the Lions have lost nine of the last ten. Why are we acting like Oof. this is a game? The, the Blauhards Oof. fan club was established with pride at halftime of that Thanksgiving game. And I, I don't I, – I, it seems like you didn't watch that in live. I did not watch it I live. did, and it was – it captured the imagination. I will say since then, if you look at the <laughs> metrics – Well, you've had one stats, game since then, yeah. One and a half, six quarters. Oh, okay. Blauhards fan club has hit very rough waters Did you already. know, Mark, that the Eli Manning uh, Renaissance Foundation was founded at halftime of Monday night? Well, these are bad ideas. <laughs> well, are, Mark, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't support the guy. I'm just saying when I look at this game – I regret my he's, pick already. Actually. He's the weak spot. <laughs> he, I would say he was in that first half of that game. He Too was late. very aggressive and was showing chemistry with Kenny Galladay. It's not happened since. I, I would have, what is the argument if you're a Lions fan to say, I want Matt Patricia around. I want Bob Quinn around because I don't see, and I know you don't Matthew Stafford right now, but you've had Matthew Stafford for a decade plus. I mean, what is the, how are we moving the <laughs> well, ball he forward here? He had him for a, a year and a, and a third. I don't know what they. We were excited about them when they were frisky and like it on is, September twenty six. It like, does seem like a long it? time ago when we were really giving them a lot of pop for being two one and one. Mm-hmm. But we also said they were extremely shallow roster and any any sort of injury to their starters. Not, we, they could, GMs had multiple years to make that roster not this shallow. They could get Carry On Johnson back this week. So there's a, a uh, well, yeah, but that you know what about Marvin what about the Bohemians, right? Uh, Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough. Yeah, he was picked up off the street in the middle of November and is getting seven centerpiece of the offense. By the way, so Jameis Winston. Get the Bohemians out of this as well. Winston was at practice. He's got a thumb scenario. Simply just throwing a tennis ball during the open part of the session. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, they're saying it can't grip a football also, very well. And you've lost third, Mike Evans. They're Mike third Evans in the league in the points. Third in the league in yards. I would not be if you throw Ryan Griffin in there from Tulane. He's going to play pretty well for you. But I no. don't know. He was two. He was a preseason superstar. Now that maybe the preseason MVP. Now that's a fair fight, Griffin and Blau. <laughs> what, Wes? Wait, the, why did I take this game? Your mirror is way too strict right now, Wes. We're talking Jameis Winston with a bad hand without Mike Evans. I agree. On the road, and if you James, couldn't lock that game up? No, you can't. You can't can. throw the Duke? You can. I mean, Wes couldn't, but who cares? <laughs> no, I mean, you can't lock the have – Have these people not been watching the Bucks and Lions for the, the last football two months? The I bet they have not. <laughs> because the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NFL over the last month. I mean, I weeks. understood the Seattle-Carolina argument. In fact, in some places, uh, it doesn't even pass the, uh, who's, the other mirrors. Who's but giving the Lions fine. this much credit? Because well, you know, world is football is unpredictable. Well, you know, then why why isn't every game even, Greg? Well, because they've they've actually done a good job. If you look like when they're playing pretty good teams, keeping it close. Now right. a lot of that's with Driscoll, but if you want to talk Driscoll, about, I can't believe too. we're still talking about this game. By the way, this is incredible. Why Go not? Ahead. They kept it close against the cow, but they covered. They've been covered a lot. Defending that, the Lions. Their last five losses during this losing streak, West. They lost by seven, eight, three, four. Thirteen. It's not like they're. I noticed you didn't say any destroyed. of them were wins. Well, right. It's but- a losing streak. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, Wes. Uh, it's hard to recover from what I just heard. 
Uh, there, there isn't much left here. I guess I'll take one more note. Sorry, Fort West. The uh, the storylines part of the research guide, which I pointed out during the end of the season, uh, Jeff Greenholtz and his gang sometimes run out of blurbs to talk about. For the Bucks and Lions, the blurb is two teams eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> All right, Wes. <laughs> I'm going to go Eagles at Redskins, even though this could be the most painful game to watch of the entire I'll world. trade. If you want the Blau, I, I immediately regretted the Blau pick and uh, would rather have this game if you want to make an in-game trade. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the Bucks. Thanks, buddy. Wow. You still have to introduce it right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> not I was going to say the reason why I picked this game over the two other bad games left on the board is because the Redskins' defense has actually been playing pretty good. And I want to see guys like Landon Collins, who's living up to his contract. Hmm. Cole Holcomb, who is now leading all rookies in tackles at inside linebacker. They've got some players on that defense. And I just am at the point where how can you expect – any game for the Eagles to be easy. Like, don't you just expect this to be a slog? They, they're not going to yep. have Lane Johnson. Nelson Aguilar is iffy. So they're back to their, you know, wild receiver core of Greg Ward and Ortega Whiteside and whoever. Jaja, who's banged up. Jaja's banged Jay up, Jay too. Jaw. I mean, and they're going up against a Redskins team that's at least been competitive. They're trending up. Well, I mean, the Redskins... Barely lost to the Packers last week. They also might get Trey Quinn and uh, Paul Richardson back. Haskins. That's not sweetening the pot. I'm a little right. I'm. I'm a. There's a decent decent offensive line. I'm shocked that Haskins ranks 17th among PFFs grades at quarterback since he became a starter That's out insane. of 38. That seems crazy to me. But I do think if you watch the play to play Haskins of it all, he other than taking a lot of sacks. The throws are pretty good, and there aren't ah! like bad uh, mental mistakes in terms of the throws he's making. Like I think he's doing pretty well considering the situation. I disagree with you. I think you're minimizing his taking sacks, and he's had some awful throws that he's gotten away with. They, he, I don't. That can't. They can't justify him being 18th. I mean, I was very surprised by that. I mean, the trap game monitor is all over this one. They've got the Eagles, Cowboys next week, and that's meant to be the meaningful. Game to decide which team rolls into the playoffs at seven and nine for a home NFC East title game or NFC East scenario. Please, the, I could see this being twenty to nineteen Redskins. All right. Mm. Uh, the this fun you could look in the mirror and, and lock up there. Dave. Oh yeah, You're looking through. Have you locked yet? Yeah, I did. I went with the Packers. All right. Uh, I'll close it out with Dolphins at the Giants. I'm picking this game because there's not another game to pick. <laughs> Uh, and eh, it could be worse. I get uh, to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's he's just fun, been fun to watch this year. Back in MetLife. like the Dolphins. Back They're in fun. Le- MetLife, the Dolphins, they usually are involved in games that, like the Redskins is an example of a bad team that's just awful to watch. The Dolphins, you know, they play some games that have a little juice to them, even if the stakes aren't high, and it was that case last year, last week uh, against the Jets at the Meadowlands. They're still at the Meadowlands against the Giants, and it looks like Eli starts again. The only other big, the only other big in terms of stakes we're talking about here, um, Eli dropped to 116 and 117 as a starter. Um, So he needs to win Sunday and maybe get another start to get over 500. However, Mm. I want to point back to, and Wes, you've made this point before, and what a disgrace uh, if this is not covered, but you better be counting the playoff wins. 
Like if you're talking about his career record as a starter and you're well, not counting two Super Bowl. He has a losing record in the playoffs. Yeah. Does he really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Outside of the two playoffs, oh, two he's been Super, to the Super Bowl, Bowl runs. He must be maybe the playoffs I'm wrong. a lot in his career. He's lost every other playoff let me, game. Let me see. When Hold you, on. I'll you win two Super Bowls, that's that. six wins right there. And then he lost every other playoff so game he's, he's been, ever been in. He's been in the playoffs seven other years? That's not right. My bad. I was so Hold wrong. On. I was so wrong. Eight and playoff. four. You're right. Oh, I, well, I mean, you guys are just, you guys are right. apologize for that. <laughs> I apologize. you were looking to jump all over it. I should have I should have known, actually, that he barely got his team to the playoffs otherwise. That played to script perfectly. Oh, uh, that was great. So eight and four. <laughs> eight so and what four. it really is, let me do some math. 124. Because each uh, of those times he had to play four games. Right. He's lost every other time except for the Super Bowl. Right. But oh, well, then, no, so Eli could lose out and he's fine. He's good. He's covered. Now, unless this doesn't take into account the playoff games, which I haven't done the necessary research. What's more important, like a week eight, week 17 game? In, My point exactly. Or the Super Bowl? My point exactly. So they only made the playoffs five times in 16 years? Ah. Well, that's, wow. that's, that's coaching. How many uh, Super Bowl MVPs did he win in that Six stretch? times. How many times did he beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? How many times did he, just did he twice? steal Justin just Tuck's twice. MVP award? Right, just please. twice? They had 17 points. He only beat Belichick twice in the Super Bowl? Just twice. All right. This, hey, how about the number two pick? That's on the line. Chase Young's future. The Chase Young ball? It could be. Wait, I mean, the, the Dolphins are going to take a defensive player after all these shenanigans? Well, they're gonna, I already told you they're trading. They're going to get Tom Brady. They're gonna this is a big Brady. one. That's actually out there on the internet now. There are some quasi-insider types suggesting that they're hearing that. It's, uh, this is a big one, though, for the draft order. Mark yeah. on some Reddit, uh, subreddit. Not a Reddit. Finding I mean, a theory not, that aligns with I'm not sure it was more reputable than that. <laughs> We shouldn't miss uh, Jags Raiders, by the way. Greg, have you heard from Silva on Patrick Laird, the Dolphins running back? I mean, because I know he's like a poor man's Rex Burkhead. I, oh, I know. Uh, well, he's been a whole thing in the fantasy community. He was almost—it's uh, too, well, too deep to go into. He's not quite a running back, not quite a receiver, not quite a H back, not quite a fullback. He's like not good enough to be any of those. He's all they have. But in a lost year, which Ryan Fitzpatrick loses like two weapons per week, Devontae Parker is in the concussion protocol. Alan Hearns might not play. Win this game, John. Who's left for him? Patrick Laird played a big role in that Eagles win. And the Giants Miami. are as healthy as they've been all year, actually, with the skill position. And I am confirming now, Eli's 117 and 118, and people are throwing that stat around. Simmons putting on his clown hat and his clown shoes and, and making a podcast about it. And you're not counting the playoff wins and a quarterback stats? That's fair. Not I mean it's fair for you to bring that up. I mean, not, that's not some... to not count playoff wins. Uh, Simmons calling it the 500 bowl for Eli, Eli Monday. You know, take off the clown shoes. Buddy. That's kind of I mean, funny. These Patriots you know what you can do? Take the thing can. off the nose. You could lock up the Giants here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Lock them pretty- up. Uh, Show Dolphins, your support. Dolphins are way too frisky. Dolphins are going to win, I think. But I don't even need to, like Mark said, Eli can lose out and he's still good. His reputation is secure. 125 and 122 he would finish them. His reputation or, Yes, it is. Yeah, one twenty. Ooh, secured by. You tell Eli Manning is good after losing four straight games to end his career in the most. You know, he wants a win. All right, Mark, you will be in Oakland, the black hole for the final Raiders game uh, in that region, and uh, they will be p- playing. What a great setup for them! Unfortunately, no playoff uh, ramifications at six and seven, but you get kind of the ultimate layup because who else would you want coming into your building when you just want to have a celebration? You don't want to be, you know, on the losing end of a game. You don't want to be playing some nail biter. You just want to whoop some butt 
and the Jaguars, that's what they exist for at this stage of the NFL season. That's what they've existed for without question over the past month plus. And what we're hearing is that Josh Jacobs, the Raiders' key player on that offense, they're running back practice Thursday. Hunter Renfro returned to practice. So they're getting a little healthier, and they need Josh Jacobs because the key to beating Jacksonville, I mean, you can do it by land or through the air, is simply probably Showing just, up. just unleash him 25 <laughs> times. Now, walk on the field. Yeah. I checked with the <laughs> desert people. and I don't think that's know, legal if you're saying you actually checked with them. Uh, with, I with, want to rephrase that. With some reporting that's out there based okay. on what their activities. And I just because, you know, I would say how many times have I locked up bad iffy Browns teams or, you know, I, I'm not someone that just secures easy locks week after week. Emotionally, I want to lock up the Raiders what he's doing here. because this is going to be number one. These are not the Raiders aren't exactly flying into the end of the season either. They have a plenty of. They've issues. been outscored by eighty three points. The right. Last three this weeks. is not. This so, is not, not some well. uneven not well. wayward. You know, they, I I want to lock up the Raiders. If you, I'm going to do it. And if you don't, don't like ask it, for permission. If you don't like it, too bad. Did, when you look in the mirror, does anyone look back at you? Yes, absolutely. Then you lock them up. I well, no, that I makes just, three of us in this room. I I have no problem with that. I want to read one thing. We we'll, we can hit on the rate we did on on Tuesday. We'll do it on Sunday. I want to read the greatest paragraph that I've read on NFL.com the entire football season. It came from wow. Wes. We're gonna hear from your long form. No, no. Oh, it came oh. from Wes explaining why Gardner Minshew was. You know, beat out by Kyler Murray as Rookie of the Year. So here we go. Allow me to. While Kyler Murray's skill set and potential standalone among rookie field generals, Jacksonville's Gardner Minshew might have given him a run for his money on this list had he not been unfairly relegated to the bench in favor of a business decision. Bang! Let's go on to the next part of this. I fed the Minshew game tape into the George Michael sports machine, love it, which spit out the following composite score. 31% Tony Romo, 19% Jake DeLome, 17% Baker Mayfield, 11% Mark Sanchez, 7% Doug Flutie, 5% Greg McElroy, 3% <laughs> Randall Pink Floyd, 3% Pistol Pete Maravich, 2% Marty McFly, 1% Detect- Detective Russ Cole, 0.8% Uncle Rico, 0.2% Dwight Yoakam. Wes, I, when that I read is... that, it made my day. Excellent, Thank you. Wes. Appreciate that, Mark. Excellent. It's really the Rico and Yoakum combo. It gets better last, and better as the last percent. On, so. I mean, I would maybe go. You, you know, got point, a close stroke. Point four for Yoakum. That's how but. I know you're a great writer, Wes. You could take such a, ger- a generic kind of afterthought quarterback and make him interesting. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> this this Jaguars team is so bad that Gardner Minshew has to run through an obstacle course just to get a pass off. You, you have to run a gauntlet, and Fools had to as well. This offensive line is terrible. They're basing their offense around Leonard Fournette, which is just a bad idea. And the defense is – the linebackers are the worst position group in football. Mm. They – the way – every time Austin Eckler touched the ball, it was as if the linebackers and safeties for the Jaguars were police cars escorting OJ's Bronco down the freeway. <laughs> they were just like there along for the ride with Eckler. It was a low-speed chase, not an escort. It was amazing. (laughs) It's a recipe for a little – for some wildness. You would think the offenses in this game that Minshew will – Get back on Sell it, it, Greg. I'm saying Company it's man. the last game in Oakland. They better send these fans out with a win against the Jaguars. Dude, You're going to take win. this team away from the Oakland fans and act like it's some sort of celebration. I mean, they did it in week 15 because they're ashamed. I mean, <laughs> they, they should buried be. It. They buried it. They, they didn't should want it be. To be week 17. Here's my concern, yep. honestly. My concern is that we have listeners, Raiders fans that listen to the podcast 
They know your fandom. They know about the Minshewians. And Minshew wakes up the offense and they beat the Raiders and just a lot of bad nah. vibes in that building and you become a target of their no, frustration. I, would, and no, I mean, that's number one. I thought you were going to say it was like a Cleveland scene where they're throwing the chair, the seats no, at like, Can at you Mark? imagine Mark being carried into the black hole and then like a sacrificial lamb being torn apart limb from limb, head popped off, arms, legs, just, just the torso remaining shipped back to Culver City. I would say I'm this. not saying it's uh, not something I want. What a way to go. Bring us the girl. Would they even announce that death on NFL Network? Bring us the Manchuvian. Well, you get out of the last seven or eight weeks of the season. So that I wouldn't have to write the article. <laughs> you know. You would not have to write the article. Would not have to write the article. Would, they, no more would, would that make NFL? Rent, would no that make rent. NFL now if I died on assignment? Yeah. I believe our podcast has gained enough popularity where we have moved up to the C block. If one of us. I think it's buried in the eleven to twelve space of the program somewhere. I think we've moved out of the D block. I think we're right in the middle of the show now. Like it's Lindsey Rhodes coming out of like the third break on TA. It's like, oh, by the way, Mark Sessler was ripped apart by angry Raiders fans on Sunday at the conclusion. Feels like a national Jaguars 42-23 And now David Carr talking Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Anyway, check it out. Mark Sessler is going to check in with us via the phone. Uh, Or maybe maybe, uh, Ricky. If he's in one piece, oh, yeah. a Skype from the field or something, some type of cool vibe. I don't yeah, know. I could probably do that. Depends where you are at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, let's see. Mark. It. All right. Anyway, all right. let's get through the rest of the games. Uh, Sunday night football. Good one. Yummy. Yes. The Buffalo Bills get flexed into Sunday night football. Greg, you're, you're a man that knows this this type of uh, this minutia of the NFL. When's the last time the Bills played Sunday night football with Al Chris? 2007. <laughs> That's a long time ago. I believe against the Steelers. That is, that is 12 years ago. Uh, so they get flexed into this game, and that's great. And it's so the 9-4 and four Bills who, you know, have a stranglehold on a wild card spot. But can we – if they lose here, does it start to get a little interesting? You know, yes. if they fall to 9-5 and five and they have a tough schedule ahead uh, comparatively. So they go – they're going to Heinz Field and um, uh, Greg. So – you have the Bills, who again came close but no cigar uh, last week uh, against uh, the Ravens. And you got the Steelers, who you would think are going to be very hard to beat in their building in primetime the way they're playing right now. This feels like a really another really tough spot. I love it. It's it's such a fun sort of matchup of like, just storylines we didn't totally expect coming into this season. PFF went out and just said it, that that the Steelers have the better quarterback in this game. I'm not going that far, but I do think he's got... I do think Josh Allen has the tougher... How can you come out and state that that after three games? It seems a little much. But I do think, Josh Allen, that this is a recipe for a potential disaster, that his matchup against this Steelers front uh, is is harder than than anything Duck's going to have to do. Because Bud Dupree and, and T.J. Watt, we, we've talked about them, but they send a lot of creative uh, blitzes. They ha- they trust the secondary, and Josh Allen versus pressure has been a nightmare. Uh, 
Baltimore really copied or did a lot of the same things that New England did. At no point did he really know where pressure was coming from, how to deal with it, how to adjust the offensive line, and why wouldn't Pittsburgh do the same thing when the two best defenses Buffalo's played this year have a very similar sort of setup, and I just think it's going to be trouble for Josh Allen. It's just going to have to be a defensive game. Strike shortened seasons excluded. The only team of the Super Bowl era to finish first outright in both sacks and and takeaways is the 74 Steelers. The 2019 Steelers are currently leading in sacks wow. and takeaways. This is, right now, playing the best defense in the NFL. And the Bills aren't far behind. They were mediocre about a month ago, and they have really climbed DVOA because of their defense. I mean, they, the, the Ravens lost Mark Andrews, which changed that game for them. But Lamar Jackson was had fits too, and the and the Bills aren't maybe your pure pass rushing team at this point, but they are well coached. Their secondary is nasty, and we can find, you know, Duck Hodges has not played a secondary like this yet. Right, he has not he has had not, tough so. matchups in general. He could get James Conner back this week. We th- Juju, we thought maybe I Juju would be Juju re- came out of practice returning, but then oh, yeah. uh, as we're taping this, he he left practice on Thursday. But the difference is. Connor's coming back to an offense that's a little deeper. I mean, Deontay Johnson is just, I love the way he runs. James Washington is making some plays. So they've they've gotten a little something on offense, even if it's not like they're explosive. Bills haven't beaten the Steelers in 20 years, uh, which is just a nug. This game feels like it's destined to be 17 to 13. Yes. Someone yep. wins 17 to 13. But a fun 17 to 13. Right. It could, cause At least it could be a great atmosphere. Touchdown. And it's so meaningful. I mean, if the Steelers win this game, they have, I know they still have the Ravens in week 17, but the Ravens might be sitting their starters in. That would be interesting. Like, they have a pretty good path to the playoffs. Whereas if the Bills lose this game, they do have to worry about uh, the, the loser of the Titans, Texans, and they. I wouldn't say they can forget about uh, winning the division, uh, but it might be out of reach because the Bills do not have the tie break right now with the Patriots. So if the Bills fans I, I did the playoff calculator, actually our friend Mike Burke oh, nice. did it for me. I did double check his work. If the if the Bills lo- beat the Patriots next week, but they are, finish tied in the standings, the Patriots are going to win the tiebreaker anyway. So right now they've sort of got a game and a half uh, to catch up. With that's assuming, by the way, that the Patriots do win Week 17, uh, but they have a game and a half to make up right now. They can't afford a lot. You look back, and that Bills Thanksgiving Day win over the Cowboys was massive because we, they'd be in a much darker place had they lost that, and then dealing with New England next week. Bud Dupree, I have a feeling, is going to get be one of the highest paid like defensive players in football, just because that's how it works out. He's actually going to get, I think, maybe get to free agency, and those are the guys that somehow sneak through and just get an insane amount of money, kind of like D Ford did this year. Anybody else have a thought? Yeah, Josh Allen, every time I watch him play, I think with a high, soft, deep ball, the receiver can track it and make adjustments. With a laser deep ball, there's no opportunity for an adjustment whatsoever. Everything has to be perfect. And he is the worst deep passer in football, even though he has the strongest arm in football. Mm. They did fight I back thought you might lock Baltimore, this up. though. I thought about it, but I, I, I can't. I have too much respect for the way the Bills are playing defense right now. All right. Takes us to Monday Night Football. This could have been a good game, but then the Colts went in the tank and lost three in a row, uh, all but ending their season, including, you know, you lose in Tampa, and we know the Bucks are playing better, and they are they can be a tough team because Winston's so up and down. Um, and he was up in that game, but, well, end down. 
and now, up and down. Now they get the Saints, and the Saints, it feels like a really, really bad spot for the visiting team because the Saints are coming off that loss where, ah, oh, they lose by two points. They put up 46 points in their building uh, against the top-rated defense in the league and lose. Someone's going to pay for it. I think the Colts are going to be on the nail end of the hammer in this one. Uh, this, the mirror, it's invisible, Wes. There's nothing to look at. No. Yeah, it's over the test. Although, to Although. The, to the, no, yeah, it's way over, like, my um, desert test. But to the Colts' credit, they're in every game. The Titans game was the only two-score loss they've had all year. In fact, thir- 11. And that was a close game. Yeah, and that was close to the very end. They 11 of their 13 games have been one score uh, games and we kind of talked about how they were getting lucky, a little lucky early in the year, and now they've lost four straight one-score games, many of which are right at the end. So you feel for them because I I do think almost everyone like throughout that roster, there's a lot of players overachieving. I think the coaching staff's gonna done a really good job, but when you're throwing it to Marcus John, it's just they just don't quite have enough firepower to stick with the the Saints. Hey, Alvin Kamara, about 175 total yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. How about you put together one of those superstar games and put yourself back on the map in that way? See that guy right now? They need that guy. Terrible fumble last week. They need that guy. He's healthy. It seems like his explosion is there on some runs, and he was averaging pretty good yards per carry, you know, until last week, at least over a month. But like that special level. Yeah, no, he's not making the people miss it. He hasn't been the same guy uh, that he was the first couple of years. I, I think it's really been overlooked this week that the Saints lost Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins oh, yeah. for the season in that game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what Davenport was really playing well. To me, he's very similar to Clowney. He's a poor man's Clowney. He, he is a, a good starting defensive end. And Sheldon Rankins, who is playing about half the snaps, is a very good interior, you know, rotating guy. And that's part of what had made up this team's identity was their defensive line. And now you lose two of the, you know, four biggest parts of it. That's pretty huge. T.Y. Hilton might be back. He practiced. Where's Jared Cook? Where are we with – I haven't seen an update protocol. on him because right. they're having the a Monday protocol. night game that I don't know. They didn't practice until today. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, the Saints off. I know they got it going for a week, but I don't know. You know, they, they had the Panthers a couple of weeks ago at home, barely won that game. I, I just, I don't, I want to see it out of the Saints week after week. I think there's some things working against them injury wise, especially if Cook's out. Uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara had two touchdowns in week three. That's all he's had all season. He had 18 last year. That's Crazy. They also had Mark Ingram. Right. And they had Drew Brees for 16 mm. weeks. And yet, here they are. I feel like we don't have uh, given uh, and three. Deontay Harris uh, oh, enough yeah. love on this show. All right. He is the X, he's the X factor, I feel like, for the playoffs. It's oh, just Deontay yes. Harris is the best return man <laughs> oh, in the league. Yes. Deontay Harris. We like got watching a real time Dante Hall in his prime. Right. I mean, the, he, he is due to, he's popped a lot, but he's due to pop a few more touchdowns. Ah. Um, all right. That is week 15. Um, again, it will be Sess and Wes, Wes and Sess, uh, covering Jets-Ravens. And wow, congratulations to you guys because that's going to be the game people are going to be like, wow, the upset of the season. And you get Never to know. talk about that for 10 we minutes. We might have a little uh, Lakeisha on the mic too. Oh, I love it. some reports. Lakeisha came up to me in the newsroom this morning. She's like, you're so stupid uh, <laughs> she, because I made the comment. She's like, I'm not dead. Uh, because I was on the throwback podcast, oh, I can't get her on the throwback. She's pregnant. <laughs> well, of course I can get her on the throwback podcast. I just want her to be comfortable and uh, uh, maybe sooner rather than later before, really, the baby bump starts to become an issue. Better hope Rhoda doesn't find out about what you said. 
Rhoda. You have any other Jackson family members you want to impersonate <laughs> on the show? <laughs> and uh, Greg is on the throwback podcast that went up today. Arcade Fire. Funeral. Oh. The more I think about it, maybe the defining album. What a record. Odds. At least the defining you know, guitar album of the album. We were both living in New York City at the time. Uh, in different areas of the city. Greg in a penthouse. Yes. Where were you living? Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> that really hit him. I did. That's stuck in there. <laughs> anyway, Greg, uh, you were great on it. So I want everyone to please check that out. It's fun. If you enjoy that type of music or just banter. All right. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss who lived in an outhouse. Yeah, 12th between A and B. The old drug dealer downstairs. And the glass. Until Sunday. go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.